Welcome in Braves today. He is Kyle. I am Ben and I know that we keep beating a dead horse, but you might as well do it. And the reason being is because Ronald Acuna Jr. continues to just show out, at least in numbers, even though he's not even playing. He is Mr. Baseball. So says Mookie himself in a podcast that he had. Uh, the numbers are backing it. The league is on to it. And MLB even features him on numerous times uh, uh, throughout their playoff promos. And Kyle, I think it's all well-deserved. Yeah, and then there's MLB.com who lists the top 30 players in the postseason, and then he's ranked second behind Mookie Betts. And then you look at ESPN's rankings, and they have Acuna number one. We'll get to those in a bit. But Acuna is well-deserving of the MVP race. I don't think it should be even close. He is Mr. Baseball. He has broken a record that may never be set again. So there's no reason not to vote for him. Yeah, and Lindsay and I have talked about that ad nauseum because of the uh, you know people blaming the bases and all that kind of stuff. Well, take a look at what Trey Turner's doing for Philadelphia. He was known as a base stealer when he was in L.A., and his numbers are not just extravagant, and he's playing on the same type bases that you – know, granted, his numbers also of him getting on base are not very good either because he had a terrible first half of the season. Uh, Philly seems to have embraced him in the second half. He got a standing ovation. Uh, when they did intros and when he came to the plate uh, in their opening game against the Marlins. And we'll get to the Marlins and Phillies here in a little bit because by the weekend and after you guys watch this, you're going to be seeing us play the Marlins or the Phillies. And all signs are leading to the Phillies at this point. And the reason being is just because they took game one of that series. ESPN, you talked about that. They released their top 40 players, and I didn't go really beyond 10. And the reason being is because uh, the Braves dominated Five of the top 10 spots, actually five of the top seven spots. And let's run through them and talk about what they bring to the, to the team. And we'll start from the bottom, go bottom up, because uh, you mentioned Ronald being number one. We'll get to him in a little bit. But number seven uh, in the top 10 is Austin Riley, the third baseman. And Austin has just, it, Lindsay mentioned it in the last pod, he's had pretty much a ridiculous year. He's been, He's gotten so much, his strikeouts are down. He's hitting to all sides of the field. And uh, he is one of the quote-unquote MVPs of the team. It's crazy. No one talks about it just because of how ridiculous Ronald Acuna Jr. has been playing, and Michael Harris as well, for that matter. Mm. Also, Raleigh flying under the radar. His defense has improved. He's improved at the plate, hitting the all sides of the field. He's improved hitting the off-speed pitch, and he's still got power to light tower power to every side of the field. He's better than he was last year, and he was – fringe MVP last year yeah I mean an all-star indeed and he's proven that you mentioned something that a lot of people don't talk about that is his defense I don't think people realize when he first got into the league and he was taking over for Chipper um, we were so used to seeing Chipper make routine plays and a lot of that had to do number one Chipper was good but number two those veteran moves where he knew how to play balls that most people didn't he had you know he had mastered the move of coming in on a slow roller and barehanding it and throwing people and now Riley has got those same attributes. As a matter of fact, Chipper, when he was in the booth earlier this week, Riley made a or earlier this year, Riley made a backhand stab, and Chipper said, "I don't know that I could have done that." Yeah, and it's crazy because people forget that we drafted Austin Riley as a pitcher. Mm -hmm. He came in as kind of a two-way player that was more known of as a pitcher, and then we stuck him over at third base, and the bat came along, and now here we are—a guy that was an all-star for two years in a row at third base. 
Speaking of which, when you brought that up, um, uh, Michael Harris II also uh, it was a pitcher and uh, and actually got on up there into the 90s from what they've said. I've never seen it. I hadn't seen any, any uh, footage of it. However, when we, we've only had, to, only had to do it once this year, throw a position player, they don't let either one of those two pitch. Yeah, I guess they don't want to kind of throw off their rhythm. But if you were to pos- pitch a position player, those two guys are guys that have experience there and know how to get it done on the bump but i guess they don't want to kind of throw them off and get them in that kind of that kind of mental space they went to lopez uh arcio was going to go earlier in the year in that big blowout game and they never put him out there which he was disappointed and then that's what prompted it as uh as they asked harris a second about it and he said um he said i was begging them to let me out there oh yeah of course and they would not let him do it. So that's usually this telltale sign when the, when a player of any, whether it be football, basketball, baseball, anything, when they start begging a coach to let him go, that coach knows that it's too good to be true or manager in this case. So uh, number six is we move down just from Austin Riley, Spencer Strider. You could possibly even have him up there even higher. He is the, the league's only 20 game winner. Yeah. The power of the stash 20 games. Tw- I mean, 20 wins this year for Spencer Strider. And he looks like he just walked off the set of Tombstone, but he will come out there and just throw gas. And we're going to need him big time in the NLDS because I believe he's going to start game one. And he's going to need to set the tone against the Phillies, who I believe is going to 2-0 the Marlins tonight. But we'll see after this after the game ends. But Strider is – he has been a revelation for the past two years for us. We were trying to find pitching last year, and then we call up this guy named Spencer Strider. Nobody knows anything about him. And he just comes in and blows everybody away, and now it's like, this guy might be your ace. Yeah, and his efficiency is much better than other people that are ahead of him as far as records are concerned, even Smoltz. I mean, Smoltz was used to going seven, eight, sometimes complete games. Uh, Strider's not going to do that. You're going to get six out of him. They may put him out there in the seventh, but a lot of times this year they'd end up pulling him in the seventh or, or six and a third or something of that nature. So you're never going to see him pull a John Smoltz complete game or a Tom Glavin complete game like you used to back in the day. And I mean, one of those reasons too, though, is because Strider is throwing 99. And as they said the other day, the last time out, his first pitch is 99. His last pitch is 98 and a half. So he doesn't lose anything while he's out there, which is impressive. So he comes in at the number six spot. Then it gets down to four, who could also be listed ahead because he is the RBI and home run leader in Matt Olson, the first baseman. Yeah, I mentioned this in an article the other day that if Acuna and Mookie Betts weren't having the season that they're having this year, Matt Olson would be very likely could be the NL MVP. It would be between him and Freddie Freeman, as ironic as that is. But those two would be the two guys leading the way because they're third and fourth in the MVP voting. Olsen has been everything the Braves needed him to be and more. I know you said just come in, hit like 280. That's Mm -hmm. fine by me. But he comes in, he's hitting over 280, and he leads the league in homers and RBIs. And he his fielding hasn't been as great as I expected it to be, but his bat, on the other hand, has made up for it. 
Yeah, I was going to say, anytime he gets a couple home runs in a game, I don't care if he boots a ball over at first. I'm fine with it. And uh, he his fielding is getting a little bit better than what it was last year. I think he's just getting more comfortable with the guys, and he's getting used to throws coming from the other side of the field, even though we, you know he's had to switch up short stops again. Uh, now the Arcea seems to be the guy. I think it's going to be even better defensively. Uh, he... The thing is with Olsen, when he has had a bad game in the field, it's usually something that's just like stupid, like a slow roller that he just loses concentration on. It's like he makes the hard plays and making a pick from Austin Riley deep at third to get a guy out. And then you get a routine ground ball that comes to him. It goes right between his legs. And it's like, what are we doing here? So He's overthinking it is what he's doing. Yes. I think it's exactly what's happening with him. So, uh, but that's fine. As long as he's not overthinking at the plate and he's doing very well with that as well. Uh, drop down to number three and a guy that uh, seems to have bounced back and we will see him because, and we'll talk about that here in a little bit as they ended up pitching a, a little bit earlier this week. And that is Max Freed, who pretty much has been on that streak. He and Strider have kept the Braves above water during the second half of the season. Yeah, they have kept us afloat when we've had a bevy of pitching injuries. Free, known as the ace of this team, and then you have Morton, and then you have Strider. But Freed was the guy that helped lead us to the 2021 World Series, and he could help lead us to a 2023 World Series. And we're not talking about it because it's going to be kind of an offseason thing, but he's got a contract due up where we're either going to have to pay him or let him go. And it's kind of put up or shut up time as far as Max Fried is concerned. Uh, we know he's got the injury to uh, his throwing hand, mm-hmm. and that's been prevalent throughout the past few years. Hopefully that has kind of gotten better. As you mentioned, he pitched yesterday. We'll get to that in a little bit. But we need Max Fried to be Max Fried. We also need Ronald Acuna Jr. to be Ronald Acuna Jr., and he comes in at the number one spot. Again, in ESPN's top 40 Acuna Jr. is in the number one spot in MLBs or MLB.com. He's in the number two spot. I think that's just because they're pandering to the L.A. crowd LA. because even Mookie has said that he's the best player in baseball. Uh, it, it, I My hope is come the weekend, we don't see Acuna pressing a little too much because the expectations are there for him. I think people have high expectations. They expect him to get on right away, to take second base on the very first pitch, uh, even maybe even not even wait a pitch and take third base. And so I don't want – he's still a young guy. People don't realize he's still young at heart, and he's still – I'm not saying he's immature. He's matured a lot. But as uh, baseball-wise, he's still a young guy and got a lot of years left in him. And so – uh, you could see where maybe he might press a little bit when the weekend comes around, but I hope he just lets loose and plays his game and has fun. And you got to remember, in 2021, when we won the World Series, we didn't have him. He wasn't nope. a part of that. He had torn his ACL and was not a part of that team. He played last year in the NLDS, and he didn't do all that well. Mm. So the stage is going to be big, and I think he's ready for it. He's just going to have to settle in and play the way he loves to play the game and not try to overthink it like Matt Olson was doing and be like, oh, I have to go out here and hit a home run every time I'm at the plate. We have the best lineup in all of baseball. You've got eight guys behind you that could produce at any given day. So just go out there and play the game the way you've been playing and we'll be fine. However, I will say he is a tone setter. He steps up there and leads off uh, the NLDS with a home run and that crowd will go absolutely bananas 
and it will completely shut down ever who they're playing. It probably will be the Phillies, as you said earlier, because it looks like the Marlins have kind of mailed it in and, and they're doing Marlins things. At least they were in game one. So we shall see. Uh, speaking of which, since it is an off week, it's not been an off week for the Braves. They took more time off last year to rest. This year, they're not pressing and they're not doing a bunch of you know stuff that you would do during the season, but they did do an inter-squad game because it's trying to keep the guys fresh because of things like you just said with Ronald Acuna Jr. last year. He was hot going into the playoffs. They had time off, and then all of a sudden he went really cold, and it probably ended up costing the Braves a chance to move forward and beat the Phillies last year. They decided to completely change it up and do things differently this year. Max Freed did take the mound. However, he had a protective uh, sleeve on his on his finger, the one that's hurt. But we've been told that was just precautionary so he didn't rub that blister and make it worse. Yeah, and an important thing from the game yesterday, the inter-squad game, Freed actually got outpitched by Smith Shaver, mm -hmm. who probably got himself an NLDS spot after the way he pitched yesterday. Five innings, gave up one hit, five strikeouts and two walks. So he looked good yesterday in the split. In inner squad games, kind of like a backyard baseball type deal. Right. But he looked good. He outdueled Max Freed, who gave up three runs. Had uh had Acuna, I mean, uh, had Ozuna playing first on one of the inner squads. So uh, yep. however, I'd not shocked at that. They talked about that earlier in the season. He asked Ron Washington to work with him on the infield in case there were some sort of injury in Austin Riley. They didn't want to move him to first. They needed another one. Azuna volunteered earlier in the year to do so. Yeah, and it's, it's good to have that kind of depth because if something happens to Matt Olson, who's going over there? You, you want to put Austin Riley over there? Okay, then who's going to third? Yeah, It's it's a big ordeal, but it's it's a lot less stressful when you can just put your DH over there at first base and be fine with it. One guy that stood out, and you and Lindsay talked about this a little bit in the Discord, and that is a, a 17, 18-year-old prospect that the Braves acquired that is a, a local kid in Atlanta, North Atlanta High School, who really showed out in this inter-squad game. Yeah, round round five of the 2023 MLB draft, the Atlanta Braves took a player from their own backyard, Isaiah Drake, six foot, 180 pounds. He bats left, throws right. He's a center fielder, came from North Atlanta High School, runs a sub-6 60-yard dash, so he is flying which as you, when you grade out hit tools, run tools, that kind of stuff, an 80 is the highest grade you can get. He's an 80 runner. He throws up to 93 miles an hour from the outfield, so he's got a cannon. He has a lot of swing and miss, so what's been really lacking in his game is he needs more consistency with the bat. That would kind of put him over the top and really make him a steal. Great power to both sides of the field. He was a Georgia Tech commit prior to signing with Atlanta. He was going to stay at home anyway, and his his family bloodline is very strong as far as athletics are concerned. He's the little brother of Kenyon Drake, former Alabama running back and the NFL running back. Yeah, the bloodline is there as far as uh, the talent that uh, putting people in professional sports for sure. Um, this could be the answer to with a few years left with – the platooning of them doing it in left. You keep talking about a left fielder finding a steady left fielder. Instead of going out and trading for one, you may have a 17-year-old kid sitting in your organization that made a push for that during this inter-squad game because he had a triple. He had a triple off the wall against Colin McHugh. Uh, I think he hit it off of the chop house wall mm. and used that 80-grade that speed that we talked about. He's got power, and he's got a lot of speed. 
And when we drafted him, he became one of the top hitters on our prospect list, no matter what the age or what the affiliation. He's one of the best hitters we have in our program. Always good stuff as we talked about five out of the top ten released by ESPN saying that the Braves are some of the best in the business. If it makes you feel any better, it looks like it's a collision course between Atlanta and L.A. I'm not counting my chickens before they hatch. I do understand that there's a game that has to – or a couple of games that have to take place before then, before that's to happen. Even L.A.'s got to win before that's to happen. Uh, who, who knows if, that, if that'll take place. But uh, uh, I'll call them dishonorable mentions as uh, Freddie Freeman and Mookie Betts also in that top ten. So nine out of the top ten are going to be playing against one another. Uh, come here and a little bit later on the playoffs if things fall as they should. He's Kyle. I'm Ben Braves today. Braves underscore today on the Twitter, bravestoday.com. Thank you, man. Yep. Have a good one.